hey <laughs> I, I say hey sometimes i say hi but hey and welcome to the third episode of on the couch with pen talk and i'm your host christine our question for this season is who taught you how to be a man and on this episode i sat down with 32 year old femi and we discussed how he struggled to cement his own identity amongst other things so sit back and listen oh and make sure to follow us on instagram at pentalk uk so you can stay updated on our events and new episodes that much thought which is which is good because it's forced me to think like oh right like i've never actually gave this much thought like why yeah, we should we should we should give these questions more thought because i feel like these are the questions that will empower us as a community and hopefully help us raise better sons um yeah of course so yeah let's begin let's do it mate okay so um femi thank you for joining us on on the couch with pen talk um so the first question i have for you is well i don't even get to introduce myself no, I'm, I'm gonna, friends. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> no, introduce okay. you in the intro. But, no, okay. Um, okay. Oh, sorry, literally, I've decided I'm gonna introduce people in the intro because I just think oh, it's okay. easier. Yeah, no, no. Okay. okay, so Femi, what does yeah, it mean a... to be a man in your opinion? Yeah, so, so Chris, Christine sent me this question a couple of days ago. <laughs> She repeated it just before we started this podcast. And I'm hearing it again now. And it's still such a tough, it's still such a tough and broad uh, question to do. But I'm going to, I'll, I'll try and tackle it the best I can. No, I guess. I'm sure you will. I, I guess for me, um, I guess my, my outlook of what manhood looks like is definitely uh, very um, centered by like my my christian worldview so like i'm a christian um and i guess my idea of what an ideal man looks like very very much uh looks like uh jesus christ um so that, that's 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 definitely especially now maybe not as i was growing up or as i was maturing but like now when i start thinking about okay what what is what is manhood what does manhood look like it's definitely more based on what how Jesus lived his life and what the Bible says about uh, manhood. Um, generally, like, I think there's a lot of things, especially from a Christian um, viewpoint, that are not, not so much gender specific. Um, so, like, just being a good person, being responsible, yeah. loving people, loving your neighbour, um, being respectful um, to, to women and to men. Um, yeah, just loving people, just having that attitude of love for people responsibility um so yeah those are the things i would say are just more like non-gender specific but then my outlook then for manhood i then start to think okay more about you know being a protector being a provider um being a leader uh, not that women can't be leaders but um the specifics of like leading in like in the home, for example, um, as a father, as a husband, uh, being a head, um, be, yeah, definitely much very being responsible and 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 taking that responsibility seriously, um, yeah. especially as a man. So not taking not taking things lightly, like not taking that the responsibility to provide, for example, or the responsibility to protect, for example, 
or the, the responsibility to lead or teach, for example, um, and taking those responsibilities seriously. And that's not to say that just because I'm a man that I can't fail at any of those things, but I know as a man that those responsibilities are something that I can't take lightly. Um, so yeah, I think that's what I think that's what manhood looks like, and I think I think it's a good way to look at manhood because that could come in so many different forms. It's not like, oh, you've got to do this. Oh, you've got to like sports. Oh, you've got to uh, be domineering. Oh, you've got to do this. Like, all of the things that I've said, like, all the attributes like I think about when it comes to manhood can look so, so different depending on culture, depending on how you were brought up, um, depending on how you see life. Just generally, you can still look like all the things I've said and be a man. So I think that's why I, look, I like the idea of manhood um, rather than the kind of stereotypical or like both typical like masculinity that's kind of pushed on us, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later on. We definitely um, will. But yeah, Don't so yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like a broad view. I think you can go more specific, but I think broad view. I think men in general, even if you're not a Christian, like men in general, those are the things that I would say kind of sing, like uh, represents what being a man looks like. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we had. So you gave us protector, provider, leader, responsible, being serious about teaching. So being serious yeah. about all those kind of traits. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, did you have a father, or at least a father figure, growing up? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So my dad, my dad is. I had a father growing up. Dad's still around, still in my life. Um, I also had quite a few men just around, like uncles. Um, around, especially like in the church growing up, like there was always quite a few like older men. Um, again, it's another question that I didn't, I don't think I ever gave it that much thought while I was growing up. But actually, I did actually see lots of men like growing up. Um, I saw like two parent households growing up, like not everywhere, but I, I did see a lot of them, especially in the church. I saw lots of them. So um, yeah, I think along with my own father, I think I definitely saw men around. So yeah, yeah. And what was your relationship like with your father then, like growing up? What was it like? Growing, growing up, yeah, yeah, it was cool, man. I think, yeah, I think we had a good, I, I think we have a good relationship. I think, um, like, like any child, I think, well, not like any child. I think um, when I was younger, so my dad is very loving, but I think sometimes um, with Nigerian parents, especially my dad and my mum, who, not only had me when they were still reasonably young, but were also, they just come to this country, you know, uh, well, not my mum's more so than my dad. My dad had been there for, for a few, a little, for a reasonable amount of time, but um, they were still figuring a lot of things out. So yeah. they were learning how to be parents. Um, they were learning how to juggle doing their work and coming home and teaching us or disciplining us. And that was difficult. Um, and when you're a kid, like you don't necessarily understand all of it. So you see your parents and they might be really, really strict, for example, or they might not be able to give you everything you want, for example, and you can't really fathom, or you don't have that same sense of like, what, what you deem to be love in that sense. Um, by the actual fact is they were dealing with a lot, like, um, especially when we, we were young. Um, so yeah, uh, but overall though, yeah, it wasn't a bad, definitely wasn't a bad relationship. Yeah, when I was younger, I definitely thought, yeah, my dad was quite strict or whatever. But even when I think of, think back on it now I'm like actually he wasn't that strict to be honest <laughs> actually, it's like, nah, he actually wasn't that strict um, so what were you getting away with loads of stuff 
I wasn't a bad kid, to be fair. I, the thing with me, I was like uh, irresponsible. I was like um, forgetful, absent-minded. That's the word. Like I was very absent-minded. So I would get in trouble for things like that. Like I would forget, for example, to wash the dishes, or I would do. I would do when I was younger. I would just do really stupid things, like leave my keys at school, or like just dumb things, like <laughs> just really. Yeah, when I think about it now, and, and then I'll try and get away with it, and yeah, just really silly things. So like I wasn't like overly rebellious. My brother, my younger brother. Uh, my second young brother, my young brother, my brother next to me, sorry, um, he was a bit more troublesome and more rebellious. I was mostly a good kid, but that just did dumb things. So I was getting trouble for that. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, my yeah, my parents in general, they weren't they weren't that strict. And they, yeah, like I said, they just tried their best. Like they were just literally just trying to figure things out. <laughs> um, I can imagine. I, I think I think that's the story for a lot of like immigrant um yeah. kids, especially like firstborns. You're the child that they're experimenting with like against the backdrop of so many against the backdrop of so many other things you know like they come to this country they're trying to work trying to really work to provide for you and they're trying to raise you as well so i can imagine how difficult it must have been for them and he's told and he's told me that like he said because i was laughing what was i laughing about so my youngest brother between myself and my youngest brother is 11 years okay and um obviously you can see when you have that much of an age gap at the time, you'll be able to see the differences, differences in parenting styles more clearly. Yeah. So like how my parents parented my youngest child was different to how they parented me um, and Toby, my next brother, because they just knew more. Um, they saw life differently. They had grown just like we are mature, and they had grown and matured, and their outlooks on things were different. So you, and you can see, and I've spoken to my dad about it, like, oh, like you guys seem to be a bit more lenient in certain things, and you weren't you weren't like that with us. Uh, and they understand it. They're like, look, we were just learning. Um, um, one funny thing about my parents learning. Um, so I've got two younger brothers, and both of them have um, English names. So I'm yeah. the only one. I'm the <laughs> you only have Nigerian first name. English middle name. So yeah, they go by, I think, yeah, I think their English names are their first names on their passport and stuff. But they go by their Nigerian names as well. Um, Okay. Especially Toby. Toby goes by his Nigerian name, but he has his English. So in school, they went by their English names, for example. And um, I was supposed to have an English name as well. But because they didn't know that they had to put on a birth certificate or whatever, I was the first. So they didn't know like, oh, this is what we've got to do to make sure this name goes down on the passport or whatever so they just did whatever so that's the only reason why I didn't end up one so things like that it's just like, yeah something small but it's, yeah it's quite big because yeah, they, they just didn't yeah, know they just yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah they just yeah. didn't know kind of thing so I find I always find stuff like that funny um, that's, but yeah that's, that's hilarious okay um yeah. So, growing up, your father your father was quite invested in your life, etc. Yeah, I would say so. Um, has that changed, or do you think that's still quite constant? No, I, yeah, I think he's still invested. I think it it's changed in the in the sense that I'm an adult now. Um, so there's like a level of like independence um, that you know can sometimes. Um, I guess the level of investment or the level of um intimacy in that sense kind of goes away a little bit because you just become more independent um, but that's not to say that he's still not invested and he's still not um he's still not there it's just mm. i guess the older you grow the more you're kind of on your own two feet almost yeah um, or you or not even like not even not even because of you want to be almost like you want to be a bit more independent you want to be a bit more on your own feet and yeah you go to your dad or your mom whoever's around for help and stuff but 
you kind of want to stand on your own. I guess maybe that's a man thing as well. Like you kind of want to stand on your own a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Defo is still invested. I don't think that in that sense the relationship has changed too much. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. Did you ever see yourself, just out of interest, did you ever see yourself as privileged? Because I grew up um, in a single parent home and I know a lot mm. of people um, did um, grow up in single parent homes. I'm not sure if the stats suggest that like single parent household outweighed two parent, but did you ever feel privileged growing up? Like actually, wow, you know, I've still got two parents at home or... When I was young, no, yeah, so, it, yeah, when I was younger, no, like, it was just the norm. Right. Um, I didn't give it too much thought, if I'm honest, and outside of a few friends and here and there, like, in my area, I actually saw quite a few, I guess, I think, as I was saying earlier, like, a lot of my upbringing was heavily around um, being in the church that I was that I grew up in so like and a lot of the family so I, I used to go to like this Nigerian um, fellowship right um, because I grew up as a Seventh-day Adventist and there's not that many Seventh-day Adventists um, in London or not that many Nigerian Seventh-day Adventists in London so we used to have this fellowship where all the Nigerian Seventh-day Adventists used to like well, they still do, to be fair, um, have these meetings. And my parents were actually two of the people that started it. Um, so I kind of grew up, I kind of grew up around that as my family. Because um, I was just so, we would stay all the time. Um, so uh, I saw, and in that kind of surrounding, there were loads of like two-parent households. Um, there was loads of families. So I think I was kind of oblivious. Not, not completely. I wouldn't say I was completely ignorant to it, but. I wasn't so, so aware, especially when I was younger, that this wasn't the norm, that people were actually growing up with just their mum. I don't think I was, or I didn't, I didn't know the implications of it. I don't think I ever really thought about the implications of not having a dad around, because I guess all I saw was people with their dads around. Not all I saw, but a lot of what I saw definitely was people with, um, with their dads around. So I think I didn't really start thinking about that privilege until I got a bit older. And I started meeting more people that didn't, necessarily grow up the same way um i did and then I, then i can see okay this is actually an advantage of having a dad around like yeah i thought everyone had this but no like, not everyone has that um funny enough my i do actually remember my dad saying to me a, quite a bit when i was younger well, a lot of the time when he was telling me off um like my dad his so he him saying that his dad wasn't around a lot right. um so his dad he knows him he's my granddad he's passed away now but um he 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 wasn't around as much so he knew him he was close to him blah 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 but he wasn't around so much my dad used to say look don't take this for granted that paraphrasing but like he would say yeah don't take for granted like i wish my dad was doing this all this stuff for me blah 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 and when when, again when you're a kid when you're a kid you don't take you're just like oh here he goes again yeah like whatever yeah yeah. and as you get older you're like raw like i get it I, i get it I didn't get it then, but I get it now, kind of thing. So, did your so, dad uh, ever talk about um, his upbringing at all? Not in depth. You know Nigerians, isn't it? Not not in, <laughs> not, in depth. Not, in, not in depth. A little bits and bits here and there. Yeah, bits and bits. He's had uh, so my dad um, grew up in Nigeria, but his mum, my dad's mum, is Jamaican, um, and my dad's parents met in England. So um, he had an interesting upbringing. So obviously, being brought up in Nigeria, but having a Jamaican mum. Like, so my grandma um, lived in Nigeria throughout his, like, adolescence, through his right. birth and adolescence and stuff like that. Um, and then she, my grandma, came back to England. And that's when my dad came to England, like, when he was around 18, 19. Um, so I guess 
he has a unique experience. He's a very, yeah, he's a very Nigerian man. Don't get twisted. Like he's not Jamaican in any sense, outside of the fact that his mum is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I guess his experience is definitely unique in terms of how he grew up, how he was brought up, just because of that. Um, yeah, I forgot the question. What was the question? Oh, oh did he talk about? Did he yeah, talk about? Exactly, <laughs> Exactly. So did yeah, you ever yeah, talk about the fact that like he didn't have a father outside of the fact that he used to tell you off and say you're lucky? But no, yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't say that. Nah, I wouldn't say in depth. No, like it's outside of those like little comments and there. Nah, I wouldn't say he spoke about uh, who he's ever spoken about in depth about you know my granddad um, kind of being all over the place. Nah, not with me anyway. <laughs> okay, it'll be interesting if, if one day you could sit down and, and have. Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so describe your father in three words. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a question three, I just threw in there just now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Describe uh, my father in three words. Jeez. Laid back. Right. <laughs> Especially now. Uh, laid back. Um, uh, wow, this is a good question. Three words. Laid back is even two words. <laughs> but if you hyphenate it, it's one word. So okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, laid back, loving he's loving, um, and um, integral. Okay. Yeah, I'll say integral. Yeah. So going yeah. off the descriptions or the descriptors that you've just provided, do mm-hmm. you feel like you? ever made the cut like do you feel like you had been integral in your life or do you feel like there were some seasons in your life when you've fallen short of or not fallen short but just been inadequate you haven't really lived up to the standard that he set like you said he was a loving man you said he was integral you said he's laid back like aside from the laid back I think you're kind of laid back as well sometimes but (laughs) aside from the laid back those two those two characteristics integral and um loving have you have you always felt like you've lived up to that standard I mean no like yeah no so I would say no um I think definitely um as most people we struggle to live up to any kind of standards um, set. Um, no, I do think I what I've seen from my dad or, you know, other people, I've tried to live up to and I've tried to take on board. But no, like, I don't think I've always met the standard. I don't think I've always been um, perfect in those areas, no. But I don't, I don't condemn myself for it as well because I, I also see that my dad wasn't perfect. And I think I understand, as again, as more as I'm mature, because you get a lot of people saying, yeah, um, yeah, when you're young, like your dad is like your Superman, doesn't do anything wrong. But then as you get older, you see, um, oh, actually, no, like he's made mistakes here or he does this wrong or, um, but he's just human. Um, yeah. I think as much as, yeah, there were, there definitely were standards set um, and standards that were expected to meet. Um, but I, I actually took heart in the fact that as much as there were standards to meet, and standards that were expected from my dad and from my parents, um, they also felt that we're all just trying to be the best people we can be, kind of, almost. So um, I don't think, yes, so I guess to answer your question, I think, yeah, definitely, I, there's been times where I'd be like, I felt inadequate or I felt like I hadn't met standards that maybe my dad has set or expected, but I don't think um, I've ever felt, like, condemned for it. I don't feel like I've ever felt, oh, my gosh, you know, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I guess that's how I answer the question. Yeah. Okay. So who then taught you how to be a man? So obviously you're going to talk about your father, but outside of your father as well. So talk about your father, but then outside of your father, who taught you how to be a man? Who influenced you? Who did you model behavior against? Yeah, there's so many different influences, but my gosh, there's so many. So yeah, so I'll start with my dad. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think mostly, I think mostly by example, just seeing how my dad lived, um, seeing the good things but seeing the mistakes as well I think taught me and said there's lots of things that my dad did and has done that I'd be like yes this is how I want to live my life this is the kind of husband I want to be this is the kind of father I want to be or this is how I want to run a household but then there's also things that my dad did I'm like oh, actually no I'm probably not going to do that or I'll you know approach this thing differently or um so I think that's been I think that's the basis of in terms of what I envisioned or what how I see manhood so that's what the start is but then yeah there's just so many other influences uh I even so school is the number one just seeing guys at school um at, at first or seeing oh this is what it means to be a cool guy or you know a popular guy um this is what you know yeah this is what um <laughs> this is what it looks like to be a man i guess i guess not so much a man when you're in school in it but a guy in that sense. yeah so, yeah <laughs> a guy that's that was a strong influence especially younger um um and i guess yeah so yeah the school i think yeah media i mean society says this is what it means to be a man so a man means you know being successful you know being successful with women um, having lots of money um looking a certain way um being a certain way um i think that was also influential in terms of what it looked like to be a man um but yeah, I would say that. So yeah, I would say pressure of school, friends, people around me, society. Um, they all kind of, it's all, especially younger, it's all kind of meddled together to say, oh, this is what manhood looks like. But I had, it's so funny though, because I had so many different, you know, I had so many contrasting views. So I had people like my, my dad or uncles um, or people in the church that say, oh, this is how manhood looks. But then I had my friends, society, uh, whatever, whatever, say, no, no, this is what manhood looks. So especially when I was younger, I was very like, it was just so contrasting. It was like, oh, do I need to do this? Do I need to go down this road? Or do I need to go down this road? Um, but yeah. So how did so you I, deal with that? How did you deal with all those different sort of um, ideas on manhood? How did you know what was good manhood and what was bad, had, bad manhood? How did you know which one to cast away, which one to kind of model yourself around? Yeah, I think it was just maturity. So, yeah, again, young, when you're young, right, when you're in school or even, like, early years of your life, you just want to do whatever, you just want to do whatever, um, whatever's best to make you fit in. Right. So whatever, 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 whatever manhood looks to the people around you, that's what you just want to fit in. If you don't want to, you know, like, majority of people don't want to feel like they don't fit in. So, for example, in school, um, secondary school especially I think I struggled initially because I don't know I feel like in primary school um I had kind of a comfort zone of I went to a school right where in my area so everyone I knew was just from my area so I didn't have I didn't struggle to fit in so much whereas in secondary school I went where I went very far from my home didn't know the people like it was just where it was different so 
I struggled like to say, oh, what, what do I need to do to be like to fit in with the guys or be popular and all these things? And I really, really struggled. So I look for things. I look for common ground. I say, oh, sports. And I remember sports was definitely my thing. Like, oh, these guys like sports. I like sports. So let me let me try and fit in by talking about sports. And that's the only way. There's nothing else. I didn't have money. I didn't have the nicest trainers. You know, I didn't have the freshest. <laughs> I didn't have yeah. any of that. So I was just like, okay, cool. These guys like sports. I like football, I like basketball, all these things. So that's my kind of in kind of thing. So, um, so, so yeah, I forgot why I was saying that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so maturity. So, yeah. So um, when you're younger, you, you just, you just want to do whatever you can to fit in, um, uh, fit whatever's around you. So if I, was, if I was in church all the time, for example, I would want to fit in with what it looked like to be a man there. So whatever the men are doing there, um, that's what I wanted it to be like. Or the even the young kids there. So I was, I think, especially in my adolescence, it was very much just do whatever is going to make you fit in. I think I had enough moral, I had enough moral upbringing and moral upstanding um, to say to not take that to the level of you know doing um, rebellious or negative things, right. but not enough, but not enough to to not just do things or say things to fit in or not to succumb to some elements of peer pressure. Um, so I had a line, basically, where I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that to fit in. But the line was definitely blurred in some sense. So I was just like, I still, I don't want to be an outcast. I want to, I want to be able to, yeah, because, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to be an outcast, but I definitely amongst guys, amongst men, you just want to fit in a lot of the time. Um, so you kind of navigated your masculinity around experiences, like how different, different, I guess, contexts, you were trying to fit in in yeah. different contexts. Definitely. And that's how you kind of built what masculinity was for you. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, whatever I was around. And it was dangerous, man. Like, that is dangerous. Around, that's quite dangerous. Yeah. Wherever I was around, um, I just, yeah, I was, that's what I would see. Again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily um, stray into like toxic stuff per se. But yeah, again, like whatever I felt. I don't think I really developed my idea, my identity as a man until, yeah, a bit, I wouldn't say much later in life, but it took, it took a while, man. Like a lot of it was based on who I was around, what I was around. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so how did you unlearn then? Like when did that process I start? Just, I think it was just maturity. So I would say it's even funny. And I say, I say it's funny, but I also say it's like the grace of God. So like, when I went to uni, like, I had no plans on, for example, like, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I didn't know, I had no plans specifically of going to church, for example, or being part of any kind of Christian community um, when I was in church. Not that I was anti, I wasn't anti it, but I was also just like, whatever, man, I'm, I'm in uni, we'll see how it goes. Like, I was very much, again, same thing, similarly, just kind of blending into whatever surroundings. I'm, I'm pretty good, even till now, I think I'm quite good with adapting to the surroundings I'm in. So that's kind of just how I was. That's how I planned to, to be in uni. I was like, yeah, wherever, wherever the situation is, I'm going to blend in. I'm going to do it like similar to what I was saying in secondary school. I just don't want to feel like an outcast. I don't want to feel like I'm the different one, right? But um, saying that by the grace of God, what, what happened to me when I, my first week in uni was guys that were Christian. Like the first week, Right. The, guy, right. the male friends that I met happened to be, I wasn't searching them out. I wasn't like, oh, this is what I'm going to, yeah, this is what I need. They just happened, I, the ones I met, the ones that happened to live next to me in my house happened to be Christian. So again, in my kind of mindset of wanting to fit in or wanting to like 
not be the outcast. I was like, okay, these guys are going to church this Sunday. I'm going to follow these men. Right. Um, and that's literally what happened. <laughs> like, if I remember the first Sunday I was in uni, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, and yeah, brief, again, brief history. I didn't even normally go to church on Sundays. My, my history was going to church on Saturday. But again, because the people around me happened to be going to church on Sunday, I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Let me just follow these guys. Um, and I say, it's funny, at the time, I was just like, I thought, I felt I was just following them. But actually, I know now that, oh, actually, that was the grace of God that I was even in that position because if it wasn't for that, I might not be in the place I am today. That's a yeah. whole different topic and a whole different conversation. But and it's do just you nice feel like that's what kicked off, like, your unlearning? Yeah, part of it. So, yeah, I would say, I think it still took time because even then, I think that was the start of my journey. Definitely right. it was the start, okay. the beginning. But it definitely wasn't the whole story. Um, but it was definitely the start of my journey, definitely. Um, but I think even post that, like, even post being in uni, after uni, I still had low, loads and loads of maturing to do. I was still, I was still finding my identity. I was still, like, um, kind of being a chameleon, like, being whatever whatever a man looks like or needs to be to this set of people, that's what I was still kind of doing rather than kind of forming my own identity and forming right. my own view of what manhood or what just being a human being um, should be like. And yeah, being what a Christian human being um, or Christian man looks like. Um, so yeah, so yeah, you asked about unlearning. Yeah, I definitely think it was definitely a, a maturing process. It was just, it was maturity, man. Like, and the grace of God, like, that I started to mature and, again, started to really understand what, what manhood should be in my context. So what I'm hearing you say is that, like, um, forming a strong identity is the beginning of 100%. manhood. 100%. Yeah, because I think we're fighting as men, as people, I think, but obviously I'll speak to men, I think we're fighting so much, so much of what people tell us we should be right. like from young like from young like you're supposed to be this you're supposed to do that and like i was saying sometimes you're hearing so many contrasting views of what you should be sometimes you're only hearing one uh, sometimes you're only hearing oh you should be toxic uh, sometimes you should you're only hearing oh you should um be really really good really really righteous sometimes that's all you're hearing and then sometimes you're hearing it all and you don't know where what road to go down yeah um, um so yes i'll definitely say like um, and a lot of these views, unfortunately, tend to be stereotypical, like, oh, this is what a man should look like. So the toxic might be, a man should be domineering, a man should be this. Um, even a simple setting, like, a man should like sports. Like, something simple like that, or this, if you're not a man that likes sports, there's something wrong with you. Um, yeah. You're just told, like, this is what, this is, this is, this is, this is. This is. So you haven't even, you almost haven't even got the opportunity, really, to for. And some people are lucky, and some people... Um, because of their upbringing or because of their own personal, you know, convictions in themselves, um, they don't have to battle that. But I would say the majority um, of us are just are really just forming our identity based on what people are telling us or what people are saying around us, all the influences we have around us. So, I, yeah, I would definitely say, I would say a massive step in in um, maturing and understanding what it means to be, ma- um, be a man is forming identity, 1,000%. One, 1, okay. So, at the beginning, you gave us a list of um, traits that you would align manhood to. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to remind you of them. You said, um, what did you say? Protector, provider, leader, responsible teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess my question is, 
At any point in your manhood, have you ever felt like you've fallen short of those characteristics? One million percent, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, similarly to, similarly to the answer I gave when you asked me about the expectation set by my father, like, yeah, definitely. Um, you feel, yeah, you feel, I think, yeah, you do feel like, I, I even feel like, you know, I, I might fall short in certain areas or, you know, yeah, definitely. I, I think simple answer is yes, to, to be fair. Yeah. You want to give an example? Uh, if you can't think of one, that's fine. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could, I think there's too many examples. Like, there's too many examples of where I felt like maybe I've been irresponsible or I haven't, or I haven't taken my responsibilities as a man um, seriously. Mm-hmm. I think there's been loads of examples of when maybe like as a protector, I haven't been the person that obviously like for my family, for example, there's, there might be more I've been able, be able to, even as a provider, you know, could I have, could I be earning more so I can help my family out more or mm-hmm. can I be more generous? Can I be more generous in terms of the, the, the things that I do have in terms of give, providing for, my family, not my family as in, I'm not married or anything, but my family as in my immediate, my, my mom, my dad, my siblings, um, things like that. Um, so yeah, man, I think definitely like, yeah, I don't know about specific, I can't think of a specific example of heads, but I think definitely there's, there's plenty. <laughs> as, as I'm sure there'll be more. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there'll be more times where, you know, I've fallen short. Um, because I, because even in that, I don't think manhood is a state of perfection or a state right. of, yeah, you wouldn't fall short on any of those things because um, we're just, yeah, we're all just striving. Like, we're well, we should trying. be striving. Yeah, we're all just yeah. trying. We all, um, thankfully, I mean, as a Christian, I I have a hope that I have someone helping me. Um, um, but even if, even if, even as a non-Christian, like, or like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it is just you're trying, like, like, and you will fall short in areas, like as we all do. Um, as we all do, yeah. But it's just kind of not condemning yourself because of that. Because, um, yeah, we are all just trying, man. Yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, to answer your, answer your question, yeah, definitely. Definitely feel like, um, yeah, not meeting those standards have definitely been there. Okay. So yeah. we've touched upon, like, the contrasting views of manhood already. So we won't go into that again. Um, but did those contrasting views ever make you you know play up to stereotypes with men like did you ever feel like you had to be more bravado around men or or like what was it like for you uh that specifically i'd probably say no okay maybe when i was younger so like school times yeah definitely because i think again i keep going back to school but i think yeah, when you're in school, it is a lot of, you just want to fit in as much as you can. So you kind of do whatever to like, not everyone, but yeah, a lot of us <laughs> just do whatever kind of just to fit in. So yeah, you might have had more examples of kind of acting up a little bit to kind of just be one of the mandem or, you know, accepted by people. But I would say in terms of that specifically, in terms of like being more like that, um... I would probably say no. I don't think there's that many examples of me doing that. But I'm also unaware of right. how much, again, my younger experience has even influenced how I act now. Um, I, yeah, there's, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's elements I'm unaware. So maybe I've even instilled certain things in me because of my wanting to fit in that now I do naturally. But um, You're not aware of it. 
I'm not even aware of it. Like, I know, this is this might not be my example, but I know, guys, again, I'm going to go back to the sports example. Um, this isn't so toxic or anything, but I know, again, I know guys are not into sports, but because they feel like when guys get together, this is what guys do, they almost have to kind of, like some, yeah, some men are cool and comfortable and say, no, I don't, I don't like sports, I'm cool. But some are like, oh, actually, I've got, I'm going to feel a bit weird if I can't get into this conversation. I, I, to be honest, I don't like football. I don't like basketball, whatever it is. But it's such there a, are like, some uh, men who actually yeah. do have, like they have to perform. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, definitely. And I think that can definitely happen. And I think there's probably other things, uh, even though I can't think of examples right now, but there's other things on a, not so much a toxic level. There's definitely the toxicity level where, you know, people definitely, even as adults, try to kind of perform to be accepted by the man them or... Um, I wouldn't say that's that's so much prevalent in my circles, but I definitely I'm definitely aware of it. But um, but even on a lower level, just little things like yeah, liking sports or I don't know, speaking a certain way or yeah or yeah yeah yeah. So okay, uh, I can't think of examples, but I think that definitely exists. But for me personally, I, especially now, I wouldn't say there's anything I would I do like intentionally to feel like oh, so I can fit in in a specific way no but I do I'm also aware that there are some things that might be just being ingrained in me because of how we grew up and stuff so okay okay so last two questions then um, oh. that's why I don't think of any more <laughs> um, <laughs> what has been a man taught you about yourself about myself what has been a man taught me about myself um, I think going back to your questions about meeting requirements I think it, it's told me that I'm definitely flawed like I'm definitely I think if there's anything that I've learned as I've matured is that I'm flawed and I fall short in many areas and um that but that's okay um it's 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 not it's not so much to condemn it's again like I keep saying it's not so much to condemn but it's like a it's a good realization that you 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 aren't everything that you think you are um yeah. um and that yeah, there's always growing to be done. There's always maturing to be done. There's always learning to be done. Um, and it's cool that there are some, like, responsibilities and targets and expectations for a man and strive to do those things. Um, but you're not there. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, um, yeah, you're not there. And, and I guess what I've also learned um, is, again, what, what society tells me manhood should look like isn't, isn't actually isn't actually it like isn't the fact that I make a lot of money or I do have lots of women or I that doesn't mean anything um but actually there's there's greater uh, expectations there's greater things that um that I should be striving towards that have nothing to do with all of those things um so I guess that's what I've definitely learned about manhood and I think I've learned a lot of that in my failings or in my flaws or in, in my slip-ups or in my you know, yeah, I've learned all of that um, as I've matured. Um, and that's given, me, that's given me a good insight of what I should strive towards. So again, yeah, like I said, not like so much, not so much condemning, but more just like, more freeing in the sense that, yes, at least I know what, I know what I should be aiming for. All those other things are fleeting, like all, all, all that other stuff is fleeting, it's toxic, it's, it's you're, you're trying to be someone you're not. Um, but the things that I spoke about at the beginning in terms of the characteristics, those are like concrete things um, that can look so differently to different people, will look different to me as a man than it will to my brother, who's also a man. Um, but it's still something, it's still something that we can all um, strive towards and all aim towards. And 
um, we should just continue to push towards that mark. Um, okay. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I've learned. Yeah. I just remember that I forgot to ask a question, so I'm going to go back. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. so um, do you think there's a heavy burden on black men in particular? Do you think the expectations are higher for black men in particular? Yeah, it depends who you're talking about. Yeah, so I was, I was hoping that I had a better answer for this question as we went on. But um, it depends who you're talking to, innit? Like, Explain. is there a height? Yeah, high expectations from who? I would ask you that. Like high expectations from who? From society or from the family or from black women. Um, and in relation to who? So high expectations of black women. Or black men. Black men in comparison to like white men or comparison Yeah, to- in some in comparison to white men or in comparison to black women. Do you just think that do you think that black men are called to be all things to all men? And do you think that, you know, that because I know that people talk about, um, you know, black men ain't ish, you know. Um, yeah, okay, okay. That kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot, lot of frustration from black women about how much black men haven't been able to step up to the plate. Right, right, right. So do you then think that there's a burden to, like, be all things? No, um, I'd, I'd say no, you know. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I'd say no. Um, like, even, even using that example, I think, if I'm honest, and I'm sure lots of people won't, um, say this in your interviews but I would say that the bar's quite low okay yeah I think I think the bar is, I think the bar has been consistently set so so low um, and that's why you get a lot of this extended adolescence that's why you get a lot of this um, just um, non-committal um, men um, I think the bar's been set really really low on the whole and I think a lot of the time we do as men I don't know if this is a specific black men thing, but I think you could you could definitely apply it to black men. But I think we get away with a lot because the bar is set so low. So, um, like me, for example, me as a black man that goes to church, for example, that's like a win because <laughs> because women don't see black men in church, for example, yeah. that's yeah. a win. So it doesn't matter how much I know my Bible or how I actually study my word or how much I pray um, because I, the fact that I'm just in church, that's that's a win. Or like how we celebrate, you know, fathers in the home. Great. And we should continue to celebrate fathers in the home. But that should be the norm, right? Like I don't I don't know if I don't know if the standards that are being asked for um are so outlandish or so high that we'd have to so if so I say that it's specifically to our own community, so black women, black families, what what is expected of black men, I don't think the standards are set. Um, ridiculously high. I think, of course, there's cases where there are, and there are cases where you're just like, "What are you? What are you? What are you talking about? Like, um, you're doing too much." But I think, on the whole, I would probably say the bar is probably set lower than it should be. I feel like, but I think the problem, I think, not not only is the bar set lower than it should be, I think what is expected aren't even like the priorities of what's even expected aren't even in the right place a lot of the time. Um, okay. That's a problem in itself. So what? So even in the expectations that are too high. Um, or high um, are things that shouldn't even be revered as much as it should be Um, and in other things and in other things the bar is really set really really low so I guess yeah simple answer to your question I would say no man oh oh, no that I I don't think that I've experienced no I feel like from what my own experience I don't I've never felt like what's being asked of me is too much like I haven't haven't felt like that yeah I haven't felt like that I'm glad I asked you that question (laughs) okay (laughs) 
last question um what are the things that you would pass on to your son just based on everything that we've spoken about about masculinity about manhood about forming your own identity and that being like the beginning of like beautiful things in terms of what you understand to be a man what then would you pass on to your sons yeah um i would say definitely that would be a massive start in terms of identity so forming your identity again i repeat i'm a christian so like um that's what a lot of my base would be so biblical um, standards of manhood will be something that i would want to instill in my in my sons from early from as young as possible um, obviously my plan is to like break it down as simple and as as they get older then you like get into the more deeper things but yeah just from early just instill a lot of those biblical principles but then outside of that I would say, yeah, just forming your own identity, being happy in your own identity, not feeling like... And that's difficult, man. Like, it's difficult to avoid the pressures of your peers, man, like, and the pressures of society. But I guess as parents, all you can do is just do your best. And that's what I will try and do. Like, just try and do my best because I'm fighting a a battle that's bigger than me. Um, So just be willing to fight the battle of um, steering my sons um, away from the societal pressures, the peer pressures, even the pressures they might even find in church or wherever, um, and trying to get them to form their own identity and be okay with whatever the identity is, um, and not not kind of fit into the stereotypes of what even even the positive stereotypes. Because we talk about stereotypes like the negative ones, but there's some quote unquote positive stereotypes that we apply to manhood that might not be. Um, for example, for example, like leadership. Um, we say everyone says leadership, right? Our oh, men should be leaders, but then. At the same time, we have one way of looking at leadership. So if leadership right. doesn't look like being almost domineering or um, loud or forceful, it's almost like, no, that's not a leader. Or that man, that man is passive. But actually, there's so many different ways you can lead. Um, so even things like that, even things like that, just trying to show them that, look, these are the principles, but you are also an individual, a unique, unique boy, a unique man created by God. Um, and this is who you are supposed to be um, and try to do my best to like shape that. Um, so, yeah. And then I think I'll, in terms of just lessons, responsibility, um, responsibility of yourself, responsibility of other people. Um, yeah. Care, love, loving, love, loving your neighbor, loving people around you and let that reflect in all that you do. Um, yeah. Those, those, are, I would say those are like some of the many lessons I'll definitely want to instill in my, in my, in my stance right thank you so yeah thank you so much for your time Femi um it's been really good to have you on the couch with pen talk I need to work on how to sign out um I'll probably do that (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably do that in the outro but yeah thank you again for your time my pleasure my pleasure I know I know we said we'd keep it to half an hour but Femi was dropping some lengthy gems but we'll do better next week, I promise. Anyway, don't forget to one, spread the pen talk love and share the episode with family and friends. Two, rate the podcast. And three, follow us on Instagram at pentalkuk. If you'd like to be in a season on the couch with Pentalk, just drop us a DM. I'm Christine and I've been your host. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Crow. That's I-A-M-C-R-O-E.